worthy. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you that you so love the world that you came. Come all you weary. Come all you thirsty. Come to the
always with us, our constant. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, as you never let go of us.
of our hearts. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We honor you. Oh, Lord, for all that you've done, for how good you've been, for how far you've brought us. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. Jesus, you are wonderful. Jesus, you are worthy. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, we love you and praise you. And we thank you for the great salvation you've given us. Help us to always appreciate it and express that appreciation. Let us be a people that are not ashamed to declare the faithfulness and the goodness of our God. To give you praise and to tell the story. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, let's give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. We honor you. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Amen. He's worthy. Amen. That's it. That's it. Praise God. That's good. That's good to rejoice. Amen. It means express that joy. Express it. Isn't that right? Some of y'all went to Sunday school. 
Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Amen. And one way we shine is by singing it, shouting it, rejoicing in it. Amen. Expressing it. Amen. There are no undercover saints around. Here we are above board. I'm on. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning again. So good to see everybody out. Children, you are dismissed at Children's Church. Your sister Amy, and she'll take you in. You always have a good time over there. And if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. We're going to continue talking about those heroes of the faith from the 11th chapter of Hebrews. This morning we want to talk about faith for the future or pass it on. Grandma, you're not done until you pass it on. Grandpa, you haven't finished your work until you pass it on. Hebrews 11. Let us begin with verse 20. And the Bible says, By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future or concerning things to come. King Jacob, concerning things to come. Verse 21, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. He blessed his grandsons. Verse 22, by faith, Joseph, when his end was near, he spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, and he gave instructions about his bones. Once again, faith for the future, or pass it on. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank the Lord in advance for the message that you have for us. And as we gather, Lord, we know that you, you speak to all your people. You know how to communicate to each one of us. So, Lord, give me an ear to hear. So I can glean from this sacred text the message you have for me in this moment of my life. So I might receive the most from this message. I might be able to apply it to my life in a way that pleases and honors you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Hallelujah. Again, we continue from this 11th chapter of Hebrews, the heroes of the faith. And we'll be focusing this morning on Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Three men of faith, yet... Men of very different, very different from one another. You know, um, God uses different types. Aren't you glad about that? There are different personalities, different temperaments, um, different, different ways and skill sets. But God uses a variety of people in this life of faith. And we thank God for that. That means he'll use us. Amen? It's not a cookie cutter type of deal. And Isaac, for instance, he was the son of a famous father, Abraham. And then he was the father of a famous son, Jacob, yet except for his remarkable birth and maybe his yielding to his father on Mount Moriah, his life was pretty much the average citizen. Now Jacob, on the other hand, he was the master schemer, a manipulator of men and events. At birth, he grabbed the heel of his twin brother, and then he spent the rest of his life trying to trip up anyone who hindered his plans or got in his way. Jacob was something. He saw visions. He wrestled with God. 
I mean, he had a large family. He had a glorious name change, Jacob. And then Joseph. Wow, when you read the story of Joseph, and God was with him. Again and again, it says, and God was with him. Um, through all the ups and the downs, God was with him. In foreign places, through unfair treatment, and God was In fact, Joseph, they say, is a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament, persecuted by his brothers, yet he refused to carry a grudge or seek revenge. When tempted to defile himself, he fled, lest he sin against God. He was forced to serve when he was destined to rule. He patiently waited and trusted that his dreams would not become nightmares. And then one glad morning from the prison to the palace, the one rejected became the savior and the provider for the very ones that had rejected him and mocked him and misused him. Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Now we can notice different as these men are. These three men were all men of faith. That makes the difference. That makes it. And the tie that really binds them together in our text is the faith that they displayed, especially in their last days. It's not too late to finish wrong. Somebody, it's not too late to finish strong. The devil says it's too late. The devil is a liar. It's not too late to finish strong. Someone says, I messed up. Well, you might have to do some major reconstruction and some changes. It might not be easy, but if you're willing, God is willing, it's not too late to finish strong. These men had faith for the future, the kind of faith that even death could not weaken or deter. They lived by faith, and then they died by faith. But before they died, they confessed their faith. And they imparted by faith blessing, rich and lasting blessing that pointed to the future. You see, your faith can be productive even after you've gone home to be with Jesus. See, we're talking about faith concerning things to come in this message. We know faith has freed us from the past. We know faith gives us power for the present. We know faith has secured our future. Don't stop there. Don't limit your faith. Faith can also impart blessing to the next generation. It's God's will that your faith departs lasting blessing to the next generation. We read earlier in this text, we read earlier in this series, I should say, about one called Abel. And it says, though dead, he still speaks. And if you live by faith and walk by faith, and you live a godly life that is um, intentionally attempting to touch those that are coming behind you, you'll still speak when you're long gone with Jesus. Can you say amen? Let's be a people that pass something on. Who impart something of eternal value to those that follow behind us. Let's be a people who finish wrong in this race of faith. Leaving example and blessing and inspiration and impartation to our children, our grandchildren, even the great-grandchildren. It is God's will for you to finish strong, to live by faith, to die by faith, and in the process fight the good fight of faith. And for heaven's sake, let's touch other people with our faith. The Apostle Paul left us an example of finishing strong. In Nero's dungeon, facing a certain death, most of us know the verse. 
for the cause of Christ. He's facing near a certain death. Second Timothy 4 and 7, he gives us an example of finishing strong. He says, you know what? But I fought the good fight. And I finished the race, and I've kept the faith. There is an example to the very end. Let's fight the fight. Amen? Let's fight the Lord's battles. Let's not fight the brethren. Let's fight the devil. Let's fight for the kingdom of God. Let's fight for that which matters. He fought the good fight, and he finished the race. Too many are falling along the wayside. They used to be there. They've disappeared. Don't bail out when the going gets tough. Make up your mind. I'm going to be a finisher. My children are going to see me finish. My grandchildren are going to see me finish. They're going to see a testimony of what a real Christian, how a real Christian finishes that line. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. The Psalms gave us a prayer, a prayer to finish strong. And I got to admit, the more I read this next verse, the older I get, the more it means to me. Psalm 71 He just got done mentioning how God had been there from his birth and God had kept him through his younger years. And then he writes his prayer. He says, but oh God, Psalm 71, verse 18. Oh Lord, now even when I'm old and gray, kind of shiny on top, old and gray, do not forsake me, oh God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Isn't that beautiful? You know, you're not done until you do that. What a prayer. He says, God, you've been with me all these years. I've seen your power. I've seen your provision. I've seen your divine blessing. But Lord, i got a request to make. Lord, while I'm old, I might be old and I might not be what I used to be. But don't take me from this scene until I've declared your power and your goodness and your greatness to those that are coming behind. They need to hear it and they need to hear it from someone they've seen live it. Who? I have church by myself here. We have those that are watching and listening to our lives. Let us demonstrate, declare the reality of the gospel. Let them see in us something desirable. An example of prayer. How about a promise? Anybody do with a promise? If you want to finish, anyone want to finish strong? God left us a promise of finishing strong. Isaiah 46 and 4. Again, God's been good to him. God's been faithful to him. And God goes on in this fourth verse. And God says, even to your old age and your gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. And I will sustain and rescue you. What a promise. What a promise. What a promise. When we're not as strong as we used to be, we got a promise. When things are harder than they used to be, I got a promise. Oh my God says, all through your life, I'm the one that's walked with you. I'm the one that's been there for you. I've lifted you. I've carried you. At times, I have always cared for you. And I will continue to do so, saith the Lord. And God says, because of that, my faithful one, you write this down. You will finish strong. You will leave a legacy and your children will call you blessed oh if you're faithful with God God will be faithful towards you and he says I'll carry you and I'll keep you and I'll help you finish strong Isaac number one that's our intro trying to stir so we get old and we die don't die until you touch the generation coming behind you 
Don't die until you've done something. Amen. Say amen to that. This is faith for the future. Number one, Isaac, by faith, imparted a future blessing. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future concerning things to come. Jacob received the blessing. Now, you have to go back to Genesis if you're not familiar with these stories. Most should be, but go back to Genesis. Jacob receives the blessing. Now, if you know the story, he schemes for it, but he didn't have to. God had already promised it to him. Jacob, motivated by his mother, deceives his father into thinking he's his brother, and he receives the blessing. But listen, child of God, you do not have to seek the Father's blessing the world's way. God has already promised to bless you if you belong to him. He desires to bless you. In fact, he has shown us and revealed in the word the way to his blessing. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall the provision that comes, the blessing, the blessing, blessing. Can you say amen to that? And again, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Be not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And guess what? He'll direct your path, provision and guidance. And how about Psalm 1? In Psalm 1, we find those wonderful insights, further insights into the blessing of God, how they're received and what they bring to pass, what they produce. How many remember? Psalm 1, blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. No, blessed is the man that is separated from the world. Blessed, number one, blessed, you want the blessing, get separated from the world. Don't live like the world. Don't follow the morality of the world. Don't have the priority of the world. Blessed is the man that walks not in the ungodly counsel, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. That man will be like a... Like a what? You want to be blessed? Start out with separation, then get into saturation. Woo! But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Get out of the world and let that word of God guide you and fill your heart and fill your mind. Live according to the book. That is how to receive the blessing. And the reward of the blessing is he shall be like a tree. He or she like a tree planted. Bearing fruit. The leaves don't weather. Listen, you're like a tree if you walk with God. That's a sturdy thing, a stable thing, a strong thing. A tree gives protection and shade to those that come under it. You'll be the head of that home giving shade and protection and sturdiness and stability. You're like a tree that bears fruit. My God, fruit brings nourishment. Fruit brings a fragrance. Fruit edifies others. You're going to be like a tree that bears fruit and your leaf don't have to wither. You don't have to backslide. You don't have to fall off the course. You can endure to the end and be faithful to the end and be a finisher to the end. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. The blessing of God. The blessing of God. You can impart future blessing. Jacob received both the birthright and the blessing. And Jacob in the natural was a very rich man, and in the spiritual, so are we. You note takers, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. It speaks about the grace of Jesus. And this is one way it describes the grace of the Lord that came to us. 
Consider Jesus, who though he was rich, for our sakes became poor, so that we through his poverty could become rich. Jesus, who was rich, went to that cross, became a human being, took on our judgment, took on our, our problem, took on our, 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 the adversity, took all that for you and I, that through his poverty, you and I could receive his riches. What a thought. What a thought. He took my spiritual poverty and he gave me his spiritual riches. The true riches have been given to the child of God. The riches of grace, the riches of salvation, the riches of righteousness, the riches of that peace that passes understanding, the riches of all the blessings and benefits in Christ, the privilege of sonship, access to the Father, the authority of the Son. We've been blessed. Jacob receives a blessing. You know, some people don't recognize how blessed they are in Christ. That's why they're timid about passing it on. They don't think they have much to pass on. Oh, that devil is a liar. Jacob received the blessing when Isaac, what? Laid his hands upon him and spoke the blessing over him. And we thank God this morning that one greater than Isaac has laid his hands upon us. One greater than Isaac has spoken eternal word of blessing over us. A blessing he spoke in his word of promise, of approval, of victory. You see, when you called on the name of the Lord, when you received Christ, then Jesus stretched out his hand of salvation and laid it upon your life. And Jesus spoke his words over you, words declaring and imparting a new standing, a new covenant, and a new promise, and a new privilege, and a new future. Oh, yeah. We're blessed, and we're called to walk in the blessing, and we're called to pass it on. Impart a future blessing. And that's why it's so important that you and I realize how blessed we are, that we do have much to give. Therefore, let us give it. I'll say it again. Some Christians are timid because they don't know what they got. And what can I give? Oh, you got a lot. You know, there's a story, a true story, about a man by the name of Harvey Pennock. Now, Mr. Pennock, back in the 1920s, he loved golf, and so he bought a little spiral, red spiral notebook, those little notebooks. And he began to jot down observations about golf. Now, he never told anyone about that book except his son until 1991, all his years. And he shared it with a local writer that he knew and asked him, do you think this would be worth publishing? Well, the, the man read it and he thinks, yeah, I think it might be worth something. So he, he went and checked out that well-known uh, publishing company, Simon & Schuster, and he got word back to Mr. Panic through his wife that, hey, Simon & Schuster have, have agreed to an advance of $90,000 for the book. Well, when the writer the next day finally got Mr. Pennock, he noticed that the old man seemed a bit troubled. And finally, Mr. Pennock comes clean. He says, listen, i got to be honest. With all the medical bills I have and my wife, there's no way we could advance Simon Schuster all that money. The right. The writer had explained to him that Mr. Pennock, no, 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 you don't give them the money. They're giving you the money. His first book, Harvey Pennock's Little Red Book, sold more than a million copies. 
one of the biggest history in sports history for books. But listen, we, we let ourselves, we limit ourselves when we don't know and understand what we have in Jesus. We stay quiet when we should be bold. We, we, we don't step out. We get back when we should step out. But we understand the great salvation we have and the precious promises we have and the spiritual riches that are ours. It should make us bold. It should make us active. It should make us aggressive in passing it on. Can you say amen? Number one, Isaac, by faith, impart future blessing. Lord, how can I, here, here's your homework, how can I impart future blessing to those coming behind me? You take that home and ask God about that. Number two, Jacob, by faith, blessed his grandsons with a future inheritance. Whew. What are you leaving as an inheritance? Look at verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying. These guys are something. I mean, to their last days, they're blessing their world. Some people stopped blessing anyone at 56 and fell off the course somewhere. I mean, they're the last breath. They're still blessing. My goodness. Bless each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on top of his staff. Wow. The blessed becomes the blesser, as it should be. Amen? We're blessed that we might bless others. How do I impart future blessing? This is a sermon all by itself. And I know older folks, I'm getting close to becoming one of y'all older folks, but I'm still in the middle. I'm not young, but I'm not old. I'm somewhere stuck in the middle. But I'm catching up to you. These next few points, maybe they, maybe they mean more to the younger group. But we can still learn from them. We can still apply them properly. How do I impart a future blessing? Number one, by demonstration. Number two, by commemoration. And number three, by impartation or initiation. How do I um, produce and pass a blessing for the future of those coming behind me? Number one, by demonstration. To demonstrate means to show clearly, to show clearly. The example of reality the power of a godly, consistent life is an awesome thing. The power of a godly, consistent life is a divine pattern. That produces and passes on blessing for the future. Some things are taught, other things are caught. But understand this, one of the most powerful things, one of the most important, and I know for some it's too late, I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm here to say you've still got some years left. Make the most of them. I said earlier, you can finish strong if you want to. That means undoing some things, but that's all right. Can't wallow in the past. But you've got to get busy with the present. Let me say that again. Can't wallow in the past. You've got to get busy in the present. First thing we're going to do is I'm going to demonstrate. One of the best ways you can leave a blessing to your children, 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 is to live this life. Publicly and privately, to live this life properly before the Lord. To be a good, godly example that they can see in the good times and in the bad. You show them how a man treats his wife. You show them how you act in God's house. Amen. You praise God. You're not bumping the log. You, you show them we honor certain things. You show them how things are at home. You show them how a man works. You show them, come on, say amen to something. Amen. 
be no sense bellyaching if I haven't lived it. The first thing, the most important thing, if I'm going to pass anything on worthwhile, i got to live the life. Amen. Demonstration, then commemoration. In the Old Testament, you often see memorial stones. They would set up a bunch of stones to commemorate a victory or a, 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 a breakthrough from God, something God did, something God taught them. A conscious act that we rehearse that reminds us. You want to pass something on? Practice constant things, continuous things that remind us of our salvation, of our separation, of our unique devotion to Christ. You grow up in a home, they got to know they're different. They got to know there's a different law here. There's a different, come on, say amen. We honor, we exalt the Lord. This is a commemoration, something designed to preserve remembrance. Let me say that again. Something we do that's designed, it's meant to preserve remembrance. It reminds us of who we are, what God has done. It should remind the children, illustrate sermon, of our special relationship with God, of our unique devotion to God. In the New Testament, we take communion, don't we? What did you do this in? Remembrance. There's no power in and of itself. It's, 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 it's symbolizing what he did. Remember what he did. It's remembering what he did. It's commemorating what he did. It reminds us again. Get back to the cross. Humble your heart to thank God for the blood. Amen? We never get away from that. Remind, remind. In the Old Testament, what did they do? They had Passover. Amen? And they would celebrate it. Remember God's great deliverance. Remember how the Lord delivered you out of Egypt. And it was something they did. It was a commemoration. We pray over dinner. Christian families pray over dinner. Now we're not praying because we think the meat was bad at Publix. Come on, say amen to that. I've been, we've been in some countries, you pray over everything. Isn't that right, Brother Phil? Brother Phil, I'm praying over everything. You avoid a lot of things and pray over everything. Amen. <laughs> But we pray, we pray, we're not, we're not worried about the, the you know, how the, the state came from Publix. What are we doing? We're commemorating. Jesus is Lord of this home. And every blessing we have has come from him. We're honoring him. He's, he's provide, he provides this, amen? And we're honoring, see, it's a commemoration. How we faithfully honor God's house, that's a commemoration, isn't it? They see that. They see that practice before them week after week. It's not our day. It's the Lord's day. And Christians on the Lord's day go to the Lord's house and honor him. See, they just see that. You see, that's something that they see and they're raised with. It's a commemoration. Family standards of sanctification and priority and an honor. What do you honor in your home? We're commemorating certain things that we sanctify, set apart, that we prioritize, lift up, that we honor, that we look at with special devotion. And these are commemorations that as children see that, impart something in them, put something in them. And that's a lasting thing. That's an eternal thing. Come on, say amen. We demonstrate our separation and devotion and commemorate God's salvation. I want to leave a blessing. Pass it on. I'll do it by demonstration. I'll do it by commemoration. I'm going to do it by initiation or impartation. I want to take an active role to impart divine blessing 
into their lives. I do that, and again, I know a lot of this deals with the younger group. I do that with discipline. Discipline imparts blessing. If you don't think so, then why God give them all the rules and the commandments? Discipline imparts blessing. Borders and boundaries actually express love. It gives a sense of safety, of security, and of value. When they're lovingly and consistently given, they have a wonderful impact. They have a powerful impact. They speak more than most people realize. Again, again, again. We know that rules without relationship often cause rebellion. Amen? But boy, when they're done with a loving relationship, consistently and properly, they impart security and significance and a sense of value. Oh, say amen to that. Discipline is one way that we initiate and impart blessing. The spoken word. Tell, teach, and train. The spoken word. Let's, let's, again, this is a whole teaching. This is a seminar by itself. But let me just ask you this. I don't want to get too deep in anyone. Anyone here? I know everybody's been in a different degree, some more than others. Anyone here ever been hurt by a negative word? Anyone have any struggles? I mean, some of us grew up in nice homes, you know, others, hard life. Words can hurt, amen? Let me ask you something. If negative words can do so much damage, how much more? How about anointed words? How about positive words of faith spoken to those children that build them and bless them and make them strong and make them secure and give them an emotional health and a lasting fact? Listen, much blessing is imparted simply by the words we speak. Don't let the world prophesy your children's future. And again, especially when they're young. And the ship might have sailed, but you can do this to your grandchildren. How about laying hands on them when you, when you pray and then speaking a blessing over their life? Someone says, I'm not into that. Well, listen, according to your faith, be it up to you. If the idiot box can curse them, I believe Holy Ghost words can bless them. Come on, say amen to that. I mean, Jesus says, speak to the mountain. Man, you can speak to your kid. A word of grace, a word of mercy, a word of peace, a word. Come on. Speak, rehearsing the promises. Declaring the purposes. You're not an accident. You're not junk. you got a purpose. You were made in the image of God for great and mighty things. Explaining the principles. How many times folks have said, when your children ask about this, you tell them. And when they ask, why do you do this, we're going to tell them. Because God's been good to us. And Jesus is great to us. And he died on a cross for us. And you know what? He answers prayers for us. You know, there's even loving expression in speaking the warnings of God properly to their lives. It's a safeguard. It exposes the lies of the devil. You ever seen these income poops, PhD income poops? They don't want you to discipline anyone. What are you going to lie to them? Tell them to find their own way. You got to crawl across the street and get hit by a truck. How stupid can we get? One of the best things you can do, give them the proper warnings. That devil plays for keeps. This world's not our home. We're passing through. And the devil will try to mess you. He don't want your dream to come to pass. He doesn't want your purity to remain. He doesn't want, come on, say amen. So we're going to give you some loving warnings about the dangers of this world and about the reality of this life in a fallen culture. Can you say amen? Amen. 
Faith cometh by hearing. So let's tell them, God is a good God. And you are a special person. And Jesus is the only way. And Jesus is worth everything. Love him. Serve him. Trust him and be the one he's called you to be. Come on, say amen. In the story of Jacob in verse 21, Jacob's old. His sight's really starting to go on him. And Joseph brings his two sons in for the blessing. You can read this in Genesis 48. So Joseph brings in the kids and he brings his oldest one where his dad, where Jacob's right hand would be, and the youngest one where his left hand would be, which is proper. The older is to get the heavier the blessing. The younger gets the smaller, gets blessed, but the smaller blessing. Well, when he's about to seek the blessing, all of a sudden, inspired by God, Jacob crosses his hands. He takes the hand of richer blessing on the youngest. And, and Joseph sees it and he even tries to intervene. And his father says, leave me alone. This is how it needs to be. It was God. Jacob deliberately crossed his hands and he refused the natural order of things. And the younger son got the chief blessing. You know, it's just like on the cross of Calvary where Jesus set aside our first birth and he establishes the second birth. Aren't you glad there's been a second birth? Aren't you glad you've been born again? Come on, say amen to that. Amen. And it's only in Jesus that the first birth is set aside, a new life and a new order begins. If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are new. Hallelujah. Oh, man, here Jacob, oh, he's, he's worshiping God. I love that verse 21. He's, he's dying and he's worshiping God. He's blessing his grandsons. Worship's in his heart, blessings on his lips, and power's in his hands. What a way to go, amen? What a way to go. That's the way to go. Worship in your heart, blessing in your mouth, power in your hands. Let's finish strong. That's finishing strong. Aren't you glad the cross has given you an inheritance that crossed out your past life and crossed you from death to life, from darkness to light, from sin to salvation? Oh, we love you, Lord. There is both present inheritance, but thank God there's a future, eternal, everlasting inheritance. Here we go, Isaac. Isaac, number one, we said Isaac by faith imparted future blessing. If I'm going to pass it on, I want to impart some future blessing. Amen. Amen. I want my faith to be working and producing dividends when I've been with Jesus 100 years. Amen. How about that? How about that? You know, you go back to the Old Testament, I always get stirred. Here's Israel on the brink of God just really judging them big time. And something God will say something like this through his prophets. But for the sake of my servant David, David's been dead 500 years and that man's still affecting the world. You be a man after God's own heart, you'll be affecting your world long after you're gone. Your words will be remembered. Your works will endure. My God, your prayer will be answered after you're gone. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jacob, by faith, blesses his grandsons with a future inheritance. 
That's all right. You might not have silver and gold. If you do, bless them. That's cool. That's fine. That's Bible. But not some of us do. But we got something better than silver or gold. We got faith. We got the encouragement in Jesus. Amen. We got prayers that cannot be denied. I'm going to pray the prayer. And I'm going to believe God. And I'm going to trust God with the assurance God will answer me. He'll bless the boys. He'll watch over the boys. He'll be their shield. He'll be their shade. He'll be the one that smiles upon them going in and coming out. My Lord, somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Is this too much for anybody? You do know you walked into a Pentecostal church. There's not the second Methodist out there. Come on. We can shout. We can get it happy. It's all right. Hallelujah. Mm. Number three. Finally, we get to Joseph. Woo! I like that name. You, you know, true story. You know, about four years ago, my, my uncle Joe, my great uncle, Uncle Joe, they're from Long Island, but he got sick down here in Clearwater. And so his boys came in, and my cousin Joe, etc. And I called one day to the hospital to check on him, and I just got the nurse. I said, well, let him know. His cousin Joe called, just checking on Uncle Joe. And then I visited a day or so later. I finally got out that way. And my, 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 my cousin's response to the nurse was, when she said, your cousin Joe called. He said, well, that narrows it down to about 18. <laughs> Everybody's Joe, and got their son is Joe, and there we just got it. So, you know, I mean, there's Anos, Zinos, Rassi, Rosanos, you got them. I mean, they're, finally we got to Joseph. Number three, Joseph. Look at this. Verse 22, by faith, Joseph. When his end was near. Oh, I like that. Prophesy till you see Jesus. Amen. You prophesy on that dead bed. Hallelujah. When his end was near, he spoke about the exodus. The deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt. And he gave instructions about his bones. You see, Joseph knew, as God had told Abraham, that the Israelites would be in Egypt for hundreds of years. And things are going to get harder there, more challenging there. But God's not going to abandon them there. He's going to take them out of there and bring them into, bring them to the promised land. And Joseph spoke about that, encouraged them about that, reminded them about that, encouraged them about the Lord, remind them about the promises of God. And then he made this request. He says, listen, when I die, they're going to, you know, Egypt, they're great at embalming, always have been. They'll, they'll embalm me, they'll mummify me. But when we leave, don't you dare leave me here. You carry my bones with you and you bury them in Canaan land. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Joseph, by faith, declared or prophesied future victory. Everybody's prophesying future doom. I'm going to prophesy some future victory. Come on, say amen. Last words are lasting words. Joseph's tomb was a declaration of faith. Because of Joseph's life of faith, Joseph knew what he believed. And he knew where he belonged. He knew what he believed. 
He knew God would someday deliver his people. Do you know what you believe? Are you fully persuaded in what you believe concerning Christ and eternal life? He knew what he believed and he knew where he belonged. He knew he belonged in Canaan, not Egypt. Christians need to know where they belong. Our citizenship is in heaven. This earth is passing away. We're not of this world. This world is not our home. We're headed to a better place, a dearer place, a purer place, a surer place. And in fact, in this world, we all feel kind of out of place in some places. Come on, say amen to that. Uh, There are places we don't fit around here. Isn't that true? You see, when, when Christians have an identity crisis, they forget who they are and they forget where they belong. I've seen some of them, they're on that backslider. They really don't feel as they ought to in that world, and they don't feel right in the church. Well, you've got to get things right with God. Isn't that right? Then you'll feel at home among the righteous. Then you'll feel at home where the praises are being shouted and the words going forth. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But because Joseph knew these things, he knew the exodus was coming. He knew deliverance was coming. He was able to look beyond death. But we know in whom we have believed in. But we know what we believe concerning the future. We can look beyond death. We can look beyond the challenges of this present hour. He looked beyond death and he declared the word of the Lord. And that word for generations was a source of strength and hope for each generation. And when the whip of Pharaoh got harder, the tomb of Joseph spoke louder. He spoke of deliverance. He spoke of exodus to come. He spoke of a better place and a promised place. He reminded them it won't always be like this. You know, friend, even when the present place is hard, you and I love the Lord. We know the future is secure. Like the Israelites had Joseph's words. We've got Jesus' words. Can't you hear those words? He said, let not your heart be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I'm going to come back and take you. I'm going to come back and embrace you. I'm going to come back and rescue you. My Lord, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. I know it's not always easy. I know the doctor's report wasn't good, but don't let your heart be troubled. This world's not your home. Jesus has the last word for your life. He's going to take you. He's going to embrace you. He's going to hold you forever. Hallelujah. Didn't we sing that this morning? He holds us and he never lets go. He never lets go. Can't you hear it? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, you might die, but no, you're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to live. Someone says, I need a word for now. I need a word for now. It's hard now. Can't you hear him? He said, you shall receive power after my spirit comes upon you. Power, you can live this life wherever the path takes you. Whatever hell throws at you, you can live the life and you can pass it on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus, we love you. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Live by faith, died by faith, bless the world and their families by faith. Let's do the same. Let's do the same. Let's do the same. Whew. Faith for the future. Pass it on. 
Are you passing it on? Are you intentionally passing it? Don't, don't be accidental about this thing. You passing it on? Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Lord, help us to pass it on. Help us to impart something to those that are coming behind me. There's still time to do it. I said there's still time to do it. Unless you stop breathing, there's still time to do it. By your demonstration, by your commemoration, by your proclamation, you can bless those kids and those grandkids. You say they're 50 years old, you can still remind them of what they've been taught. You can still rehearse in them the goodness of the Lord. You can still pray like you never prayed before. No one can hinder those prayers, you see. Isn't that right? They can reject your words. They can't hinder your prayers. Isn't that right? They can untext you, whatever you do when you want to text someone. I don't text anyone, so you're all untext. No, I mean, you can, they can untext you. They can avoid you, but they can't hinder those prayers. Amen? They can stop you from storming heaven on their behalf. Isn't that right? Demonstration, commemoration, proclamation. And when there's opportunity, you speak the goodness of God. Speak the hope of heaven. Speak the love of Jesus. Amen? As we open the altar, as we always do, number one, salvation and a rededication. If you're here today and you haven't received Christ, if you're here today and you know you're not where you should be with the Lord. Not here to condemn you. In fact, we're here to embrace you and give you an opportunity to come and receive fresh mercy and grace and make a fresh start. How about that? Amen? Just come and say, Lord, forgive me. Get me back on track. Spend some time. Get a fresh feeling. Get back in that race. Amen? But secondly, let's ask it. We're all, we got great-grandparents, grandparents, parents, some to be. Let's ask ourselves, Lord, show me how I can affect. How can I affect those coming after us? One dear sister at the Tuesday prayer meeting testified the other day uh, about, you know, the more one way skin a cat, and, and though she's a part geographically from the grandkids, they're going to start typing their devotions or whatever. The great grandkids. She only gets to see them in the summer when she visits. I said, well, you know, that don't last after Grandma leaves. So I want to make sure it lasts. Amen? So we can start doing devotions on however you do that stuff. Amen? You see, God give you wisdom. See, God can give you wisdom. God can give you, so I'm saying, God can give you wisdom. Maybe God say, take them out fishing. Just you and him. Just take them out fishing. Just give you some one-on-one time. Amen? My dad did more to raise me as far as just being a godly man through coaching me. I mean, we're always the first games, always at the practice. He's always speaking to me, always. Not nothing. He, my dad didn't know an outline or a PowerPoint, but always alone when he speaks something about being a man, being a godly man, he just, you know, put it into you. See what I'm saying now? You don't have to do it all official. There's different ways. God give you wisdom. Amen? God give you wisdom. Help us, show us how we can affect those coming after us. Show me a little how I can impart 
that future blessing to my next generation. Come to this altar. We can do a couple things here. Meditating on this through the week. You know, maybe you're here today. And actually, a bulk of your family is with you. If you're the head of the home, you can pray a blessing over them today. This sermon had to do with that, didn't it? Now, now maybe they're not here with you and you can pray for them. But you know what? If your family's here, you can pray a blessing over them. You can speak a blessing over them. Isn't that wonderful? As the Spirit's been speaking to hearts, as the Holy Spirit is here and faith is rich, you can take this altar time. Just pray for your family. Well, if they're not here, you know what? Wherever they're at, you can lift them up. Pray a blessing, men. Lord, help me. Show me how I can pass on the blessing and really impart something into my siblings, my family, that will last even after I'm gone. Amen? And of course, as always, if you're here today and you need prayer for anything, if you need a touch in your body, etc., please come. We'll pray for you. Stand with me, please, as we close. Hallelujah. We'll pray the final prayer and we'll open the altar. If you're here with your family, bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Speak a promise over them. Bless them. Amen. Attack that lie of the devil. Whatever the devil's been saying, say the opposite. Amen. That's always a good way to go. Isn't that right? He's a liar, so just say the opposite, and you're in good hands. If you need a touch from God, healing power is flowing. Refreshing is flowing. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, help us to understand and apply these powerful lessons. Lord, let our faith be greatly stirred this morning to believe and to act to believe and to act, to set in motion by our obedience and faith things that will have eternal results. Help each one of us to finish strong. Help each one of us to pass, to pass it on, to pass on the spiritual blessing and inheritance. Once again, Lord, I think of the words you spoke. Hallelujah. May your people finish strong. May they leave a legacy. And may their children call them blessed. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Let's make an altar. Let's come to the altar. Let's pray for our loved ones. Let's meet God. Everybody reach out to God.